Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Chaos to Connected podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining me, and if you found any of these episodes helpful, I would really appreciate it if you'd be willing to go and leave a rating or review. All you have to do is scroll down to the bottom of the show and it's right there, super easy. It will take you maybe 30 seconds and I would be so appreciative. It helps other families find this information and this was just really hard for me to find. And so I would love to make it easier for families to find these solutions. So If that's something, if any episode has blessed you, I would love if you'd be willing to do that. But today, let's get into the episode. I've been really ruminating a lot on something over the last few weeks, and I thought it would make for a really great podcast, honestly, to dive into it a little bit more. So today, I want to encourage you to stop talking so much. (laughs) Yep, you heard that right. Stop talking so much. So when it comes to our kids and their behaviors, it is so easy to get in patterns of lecturing or over-explaining. And honestly, when your child is in a state of behavior that is unpleasant or includes melting down, lots of tears, yelling, I guarantee they aren't taking in what you're saying anyway. And so it becomes, you know, wasted words for us really that can become really frustrating because we're trying to get a point across, we're trying to get our kids to understand, and they just physically actually can't. Their prefrontal cortex that processes all of the the judgment and the problem solving and the reasoning is kind of like shut off. It's disconnected from their brain when they are in these different types of situations, meltdowns. So they can actually take in what we're saying a lot of the time. And then what does that lead to? It leads to us being more frustrated, to us getting more triggered because we're not getting the response that we're desiring. So today I want to talk specifically about two main times that I think we as the parent really need to check ourselves and think about how much we're talking and really decrease that by a lot. Um, So the first one is when your child does something that you consider to be wrong or disobedient or whatever it might be. I want to encourage you to really try to stop lecturing. Now, this is a hard one for me. I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. It just kind of feels like that's the natural response. Like when, you know, a child is doing something they're not supposed to do and we have, you know, all this background knowledge um, experience, all of this stuff to kind of go into what we know would help the child And often it's because we want them to learn an easier or better or more effective way. But the truth is, it's really not teaching your child what to do instead. You want to know what it's actually doing? It's creating more shame that they are probably internalizing. 
And depending on the situation, it could also be creating more sibling conflict or disconnection amongst other relationships. So I want to encourage you, when you feel yourself start to lecture, ask yourself who the lecture is for. Is it really for your child? Will your child really stop what he or she is doing? Listen to what you're saying. Respond, okay, mom, and with obedience. Or is it more for you? To gain back the control of the situation, to exert your power and authority over your child. I'm guessing it's the second, and this might feel hard to hear, but I really want to encourage you to reflect on it because I think a lot of times when we are trying to gain back control, when we're feeling triggered, a lot of the times we put these limits out there or we're really you know, strict about something that we maybe normally wouldn't otherwise be, but it's because we are feeling out of control and we're trying to get that control back. So really assess the situation. Are you just doing this because you feel everything's out of control and chaotic and you're trying to rein it back in? Or do you feel like this situation is really going to help your child? They're really going to take in that information and be able to move forward with it. Um, So with these situations, when they arise, I want to encourage you to do your best to help your child problem solve. And then if it's a deeper issue, so if this is something that you are like, I can't just not talk about it, but I also get, you know, what you're saying about not lecturing, I want to encourage you that it's not something you just have to forget, right? If it's important, if it's a heart issue, if it's a bigger, deeper issue, we want to make sure that we're carving out time and space for it. But the goal would be to figure out a time when your child can actually hear what you're saying and not feel shame about it, really take in the information um, where you can be asking questions and they can be like engaging in this conversation versus us just coming in from a triggered place and kind of demanding certain things and, you know, having that that tone of voice versus taking a breather, letting things you know, get settled down and then a little bit removed from that situation, sitting down together, talking about what happened, asking them for clarity, and then diving deeper into it where you're actually going to make more improvement. You're going to make longer lasting connections. They're going to understand better because they can actually take in that information and they're not going to be feeling shame they're going to be feeling respect, right? Because you took the time to sit down and hear them out versus just kind of blaze over them and talk over them. So number two, when your child is having a meltdown or a tantrum. So I don't mean just like whining or complaining, although this can also help in these situations too. But what I'm specifically referring to is when your child is really losing it, crying, screaming, yelling, maybe kicking, flopping around, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) When you start talking too much, it can honestly be more overwhelming for your child. So you might be thinking, well, I'm trying to help them. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to problem solve. I'm trying to figure out what they need, but actually what you might probably be doing is creating more overwhelm and more overstimulation. And then they're getting more triggered and then more behaviors are happening and they just are really out of touch. 
So I want you to kind of think about what happens to you when there's a lot going on, a lot of noise. Maybe people are arguing. Maybe there's a mess around the house. Whatever your triggers are, they're like all happening at one time. And you feel like even though you can tolerate maybe a lot of noise generally, it's too much in that moment. Like how many have you have been in the car when you've been like suddenly overwhelmed by something and you turn the radio down? And it's not like it wasn't even on. It's just like this reflex because you're trying to kind of contain your environment a little bit and and reel it in so that you can focus on what's needed. It's the same for a child. It's just too much. And like I said, it's creating more dysregulation. And then what happens when our kids are more dysregulated? Oftentimes we get more triggered and then they're more dysregulated and it's just this big cycle. So simply just sit with your child and listen. Allow the screaming. Allow them to throw themselves to the ground, whatever that looks like for them. And this is why I suggest going into their bedroom or a separate room so that they have the space to do this and they also aren't impacting everyone else. You know, because it can be a real downer when somebody is just really having a tough time, especially if you have kids that are a little bit more sensitive. It can just make the environment feel more negative. But this way, everybody can get the space they need. It's not maybe sound-wise too overwhelming for other people with screaming going on. But it's also giving the child the opportunity to offload, which is what they need to do. And once your child kind of comes out of that meltdown or the big release, there will be a complete shift in the mood if you are not talking so much. Clear thinking, improved behavior. Um, but if we continue to try and talk too much, whether it's lecturing or it's just trying to reason, problem solve, distract, it's not going to work. And it will actually lead to more frustration for both of you, which I think that's a recurring theme. <laughs> um, and I know this is hard for people. It takes practice because there was a family that I was working with um, locally. And so I went to their home. I recognized that this child needed, like literally couldn't cry because she had so been so conditioned not to. And so we did a listening session. So I started doing them. Um, so that I could model for parents kind of what to do. And then as we transitioned, the parents, one of the parents, did the listening session and I sat in so I could kind of coach. And before we went in, I prepped and prepped and prepped and prepped the parents, you know? Very limited talking, like 90% listening. And that's a lot, right? But as soon as we got into the listening session, almost constant talking of trying to whether it's reassure the child, distract the child, um, just kind of validate feelings, which are not wrong things, but it's not necessary in those moments. Your child will feel validated, will feel heard, will feel supported if you are just listening. So as your child is having these big feelings, I would encourage you to almost like just think, I'm not going to talk at all. <laughs> I'm just going to listen. You really don't have to talk. You can say things every now and then if needed, but you really don't have to. So if it's something that's really challenging for you, I would encourage you to just go in thinking, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and you probably still will because it's just our nature. And then as you get more practice, then it might be easier for you to kind of validate feelings in the way that I have talked about in a, 
um, previous episodes where it's more of a conversation. It's not, oh, I know you're really frustrated. It's, yeah, this is really hard. I'm right here for you. Things like that versus trying to figure out, you know, how to say the right thing. So I hope that was helpful. I think we just naturally talk a lot. (laughs) We're just talkers, especially, you know, if you're a mom, women tend to talk more and have lots more words. And I've also heard, you know, if you have a child who is a boy, that might even make it even more difficult. Like I know for me, my, my second child, even if I'm just trying to say, are you ready to go out? Or sometimes even like, do you want to hug? He'll just be like, stop talking. And it's like, I'm not even hardly saying anything. I'm just, I'm literally trying to figure out if you're ready to, for example, um, it was time for lunch. He did not want to come. We had a listening session in the room and all I want, he kept saying, I'm ready to go out. And I, all I was trying to say is, are you ready to go to the table? <laughs> like, we're not talking about being ready to go out and play. We're talking about being ready to do a specific thing. And I couldn't even get that out. And he was just like, stop talking. So I think, you know, that's a key that he wasn't done releasing. And sometimes even just saying very, very, very limited things is too much when your child is overwhelmed. Um, and lastly, I will just say that I always try to end these types of situations with physical connection, like a hug. Now your child might not be there yet and that's okay. And maybe they're just not into hugs, but a hug can be helpful for many different reasons. It's obviously connecting, but it gives their body kind of a, um, surge of that deep input which is really calming to the body and I think it just helps reinforce you're safe your feelings are safe here now if you haven't been listening and you tend to be triggered quite a bit it might take a little bit for your child to be willing to kind of connect in that way Um, but as you practice and as you really kind of get into the rhythm of a listening session like Mike, I don't even have to ask my kids. They will just come over as they're kind of finishing up and just lay on my lap or ask for a hug or sit on my lap because they recognize, you know, they're that we've been connecting by me supporting them as they're having the upset. And then it's just kind of a good way to move forward. So um as you go this week. This weekend, whenever you're listening, I really want to encourage you to pay attention to your words and not just what you're saying, but how much you're saying. Simplify. Stop talking so much. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.